Social Strategy Podcast, Episode 73. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And guys, Chief Revenue Officer Jeff Leo Herman is one of those people in content marketing that you really should be listening to. He's got a great podcast. It's publishourparish.fm. And it's, it's an interesting podcast because they go over everything that you want to learn from a content marketing perspective. They talk a lot about LinkedIn. There's some really interesting stuff about the LinkedIn social selling index that uh, in the last, I think, one or two episodes ago that I wasn't even aware of and decided to kind of run through. So that was that was interesting. Jeff's background is amazing. He worked at Nielsen for years. He was involved with some of the stuff with video games. I mean, just anything with tracking what people are doing online and in print. And I'm not sure what else they track at Nielsen, but all of the stuff they track at Nielsen, that's what he was doing. He even is one of a patent, a patent holder, which I found a little surprising. And I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. Maybe we'll get into a little bit of that. So, Jeff, welcome to the show, man. I can go on hey. and on. Your bio is amazing. No, thanks, Vernon. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's surprising. A sales guy with a patent? What's that? Well, I brought the beer to the planning party. <laughs> well, hey, that's all you got to do, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, create, create, inebriate it. <laughs> that's right. So, Jeff, how did you how did you get into the whole content marketing thing from being a a Nielsen guy, which is primarily uh, what television research, right? Yeah, exactly. I, so, Vernon, I spent 15 years at the Nielsen company working with. The largest enterprise brands like the P&Gs and the General Mills of the world and also the large media companies, Fox, Disney, Turner, and spent a lot of time helping them assess their advertising effectiveness. And initially, you know, with television, you know, who's the audience consuming the ads? And then um, basically that evolved into emerging media platforms like video game and mobile media measurement and online measurement. The goal was always to determine, you know, how are these new platforms impacting consumers' you know, content consumption, and then how can we better reach them through advertising? And, and so seeing the brands throw, you know, just billions of dollars at interrupting people, I, I gained a great appreciation and respect after I left Nielsen for the practice of content marketing, which is educate and inspire and really build a loyal audience and, you know, provide that support and, and resource. So brands really, instead of interrupting people with advertising, become a resource and a trusted advisor to them and build that relationship. And I just find it's a more effective way to go forward than, um, you know, with great context versus kind of the formerly known carpet bombing approach to advertising. <laughs> right. Right. So now as the chief revenue officer at Fathom, how do how does your experience with Nielsen play into what's currently, I guess, inbound marketing and what you were saying, basically re relationship building and I guess lead nurturing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of it has to relate to kind of the relative choices that we all have. So the consumer 
is out, of, uh, out ahead of all of us, right? So the consumers are quickly adopting new platforms, new social channels pop up like Snapchat coming on strong. Now it's leaning in. You, you know, the demographics are broadening for Snapchat, for example. Mm-hmm. So relatively speaking, like what do I do with these new platforms? How do I address it? Do I even care about it? And, and how do I integrate that into my broader growth strategy? And, and you know, you could live at the, that channel level. I need to do SEO. I need to do paid media. I need to, to, you know, spin up a marketing automation, nurture marketing strategy. But it all has to kind of relatively work together to, to just from the consumer, the buyer's journey standpoint, and, and really focus on the buyer's journey versus the company's growth strategy, per se. Right. How would a business do that? Say, for instance, I'm a... Uh... I'm a dentist. I own a, a fairly successful practice, and I want to. I want to zoom in on that. How do I do that? Yeah, and and it is literally just um, we call it the customer journey map. And you think about the stages that a consumer goes through from status quo. Uh, you know, I don't have a problem. I don't think all the way through problem recognition, research, consider, compare, decision making, uh, selection, and then continuation. So that's the consumer's mindset. And it's gone from, you know, that linear fashion to this high degree of it's a very nonlinear process these days. And, and we have a, a company that starts with a G and ends with an Oogle to thank for that. So right. to the extent that that volumes of information are available online, we have to basically be there and teach when customers are learning. And that, that's what it all boils down to. If you're a brand or you're a company you need to teach when customers are learning, and you, it's no longer just capturing demand. It's getting prior to that, to kind of in that awareness phase or that status quo phase. What kind of, as individuals, what kind of content can you produce on a consistent basis to be there when that person has that that indication of a need? And and that's you know that's the whole trick to content marketing. So why do you think so many people misunderstand what content marketing is? And they think that just a blog post is marketing content or they, I guess they, um, I guess more of the question I want to ask is why do you think so many, so many businesses, uh, medium to even large businesses trust the creation of their content to uh, outside agencies that don't necessarily understand their business? Right. I mean, you know, that's a, a great perspective, a great way to look at that because, What's most critical is is telling a story and engaging with the audience and building an audience first and building that relationship first. Mm-hmm. And the role of content and the role of publishing a point of view. So if you if you think about say a, a enterprise B two B technology firm, let's just use them for an example. We did formally, you know, and this is where my I'll put my sales hat on. You know, sales uh, sales thrived on asymmetrical information, and salespeople drove the agenda. Salespeople were there to basically disseminate information to prospects and customers as they saw fit. And you know, customers were mostly in the dark until that sales professional chose to reveal certain things. They, they, they had to do a lot of digging and a lot of you know, just took lots of time and effort. Sure. You know, once again, back on, and we're in the online world where we're information soaked, right? We literally have access to volumes of information. And so customer consumers can find out what they want when they want it. And it's up to the sales professional to um, curate that information and really 
filter out a lot of the noise and a lot of the bad content and really focus on, you know, surfacing good content, be it industry insights. And this is the trick with content marketing is it's not, you know, in the history of sales, it's about the product. It's pitching product features and benefits where really we should focus on solutions and just more broadly educating the customer on how how to, um, you know, the positive impact of of investing in this area. So it, it's it's a perspective that really is is formed by being a teacher and curator and not necessarily being, um, you know, an agent of the product, if you will. Yeah, that kind of brings up, um, I guess, a, a, a thing that happened here recently in the news or it, sort of news, at least online and social. Um, I think it was BMW's birthday and Mercedes tweeted happy birthday hmm. to, to BMW. And right. they immediately got this huge bump in social and everyone was talking about how a competitor, you know, paid attention and acknowledged another competitor. But I guess the underlying benefit of doing that is that it shows that it's not necessarily just competition and people can trust that brand more, which may drive more traffic back to the Mercedes Benz website. So, you know, their content could then maybe start educating the consumers that were BMW fans that are now looking at Mercedes because of this kind of uh, thing that they would do to draw attention to another brand, but also drawing attention to themselves for not being super competitive all the time. Right. If that makes any sense. It does. I mean, that's, that's a a beautiful strategy because you know, the reality is there is competition out there and they all can compete on their merits and not, and not view their brand in isolation. I think they build a lot of trust and credibility and, and they, you know, they gave consumers, you know, they got into that mind share and that perspective. And that that's, those are the types of strategies we need these days. It's not, you know, the, we're not necessarily competing against other customers or other co- companies. In many cases, we're competing against the status quo. And, and that's why, you know, in head to head, there are so many choices and it really, it's a function of, What's your denominator, right? What's the competition? And is the competition that um, other car brand or is it ride sharing? Is it autonomous vehicles? And, and, <laughs> oh, right, right. You know what I mean? So it, it's just peeling that back. And that's really how we have to think more broadly these days. That's interesting that you brought that up. That, that really is interesting. So when you start talking about building trust and I guess building trust in a brand or building trust in a, in a company or just uh, as a person who may be – a blogger that wants to build more trust and build that audience so that when they have something to offer, uh, whether that's a service, whether that's an affiliate program or something like that, of course, inbound content is the way to, you know, to get people there. They sign up for your email list because you have some lead magnet or something like that on your site. That's going to teach them something. I noticed something that you were doing on Twitter and I haven't seen very many people doing this is that you're leaving video tweets Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's an effective way to do content marketing without it necessarily being text? Because I think that's a misconception that, oh, my God, I've got to write a 5,000-word blog post now, you know, once a week in order to, to drive content for people to find me. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's effective for me. <laughs> and that's because I'm a frustrated <laughs> blogger. So I, I when I launched my YouTube channel many, you know, quite a while ago, I did it because I tried to blog. I tried to write. My my wife is a wonderful writer. She can express herself. 
succinctly, clearly, and it's compelling. And she does it like in a snap. And it drove me crazy because I'm, I struggle <laughs> to, with that. I have to literally write on a whiteboard. And, I, you know, I, it's, it's, a, it's tedious. It's a lot of effort. And so I thought, geez, you know what? Let's just use video and audio platforms. Leverage my strengths as a communicator. I'm going to use video on audio platforms, and I'm going to break through. And that's where, you know, everyone, for those writers that are talented writers, keep writing. That's an effective way people, you know, that's the, the, the standard way in which to capture leads and engage. But for those of us that are, would prefer more dynamic situations and, you know, you want to scale your charisma, I'm all in on video. And I, and I do, my, my personal passion is helping everyone embrace that, the opportunity in video publishing today because um, not only is it easier for someone like me, for example, who just doesn't, isn't as talented as a writer, it's actually more impactful and it's a more visceral way to break through. And I, I get so many, because I do it on a consistent basis, so many comments, hey, you're just like you are in the videos. When we finally end up talking, it's like, yeah, that's, I'm just being me. I'm being authentic and I'm trying to share what I know, trying to help out. And that fast tracks trust and credibility. So I, we get, I get farther along faster with relationships because they know I'm just authentically there to share and help. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I do it in a public way. Right. So when people are thinking about, okay, I need to build this, this database or I need to build this, this content, you know, all this content on my site or on my blog, whether it's B2B or B2C, mm-hmm. what platforms would you recommend for, you know, a B2B sales and they're trying to figure out how to appeal to their their customer base and what kind of video content they should be putting out there. How would you recommend that somebody go about that? It's in a B2B situation. Yeah, that's a great question, Vernon. And and the answer to that is it depends of course, but I I encourage everyone to go through the process of developing a content marketing strategy and mission statement. And then from there, if you have, um, and I'm, I've leaned in, I'm great friends with Joe Polizzi at the Content Marketing Institute, and I mm-hmm. leverage a lot of their resources, and this is their, their approach, the Content Marketing Mission Statement. Who's the target, what's delivered, and what's the outcome for the audience? And that strategy, so that the broad strategy of goal setting and the mission statement ends up governing your overall marketing program, and then everything you do is consistent from that government. So then once you have the mission statement, what are your editorial themes? And then from there, what are your content assets you create and the channels you activate? And so, you know, I can use myself as a personal example. I tried Snapchat. I don't touch it. Well, my audience isn't there, so I don't care, right? And, and right. my audience, they're innovative and scale-seeking sales leaders and CMOs. So they tend to skew 30-plus, and I largely rely on LinkedIn as my main engagement platform, second followed by Twitter, uh, with all fed from my source content repository of my YouTube channel and my podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And and it's an interesting, literally like a, I have a, a almost like a matrix or a table set up where I have my engagement platforms and my source contents and, you know, you have to do the the sharing and repurposing and and I have a process I've worked out literally on a daily basis, how and where to share 
and what images break through. And it's not that hard. It's it's just a process. And that's that's one of the keys too is to have a process because to write it down, steps one through ten, follow the process and then refine the process. Because unless you if there's never a process, you really never know what to fix other than just using your gut. You know, so it it just keeps you once again focused on what are the broader goals that you want to accomplish. Right. I think that's probably why so many uh, marketers, bloggers, everyone's a marketer, whether you like it or not. So right. there, I said it. Um, but I think that's one of the, the, the reasons that people get so frustrated is because they don't know, well, how effective is this content that I'm putting out? How effective is this blog post? How effective is this video? They'll mm-hmm. do it once or twice. And then they, they can't measure it because the second half of producing that content on whichever channels are the strongest for you is does it convert? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So would you talk about that a little bit? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right on the money with that one. Yeah. And, and boy, that's some sometimes if you're lucky, you get instant conversion and instant dialogue and instant traction. And in other cases, you have to go six to nine months to a year of crickets. and and it it depends right and and the the point is to just keep going and just keep producing and if you're passionate about growing your business and sharing your knowledge and expertise and being a resource i would just keep going because i i'm i'm still refining my content and the clients i work with it's a constant refinement but you have to commit to putting out good, valuable, problem-solving content on a consistent basis. And that process of constantly refining it um, is important. But, but you, you just can't sit in the room and dream and, and think about the perfect solution. You just have to literally try and be prepared to be embarrassed. And I look at some of my earlier YouTube videos, and it's very embarrassing. I had <laughs> lighting. I mean, I was, um, you know, I, I I was using like contractor supplies, right? I have I have access to contracting, you know, lighting equipment, and th- and I was like rigging stuff up in my office, and just it was really hacky. And I finally, you know, invested only like fifty dollars in a lighting kit from Amazon <laughs> just to get a little more pro look on it. But uh, right. You know, it, it, it's funny. I mean, it's it's literally a, a process. If you're committed and you want to really break through and build that trust and credibility, it's it's really the best way to um, to do it is just to to publish and and share that on a consistent basis. Yeah, you you echo something that Gary Vaynerchuk was talking about. With the uh, he has a video talking about no overnight success mm-hmm. and the fact that so many people when they want to start putting their information out there to build their business or bring in more leads to their business, revitalize their business, whatever they're doing when with trying to get attention that they give up too quickly. Mm-hmm. And you know how many shows he he had to do before people start watching uh Wine Library TV. So right. yeah, that's that's really interesting. Do you um on LinkedIn where do you find that your time is most effective and, and what would you recommend for people to start at? You know, um, so there's there's a this is called the social selling process, and so social selling is a coin that was termed a couple of years ago, primarily driven by LinkedIn, because it, the, you know the social selling movement is leveraging your professional social network to find the right prospects and build relationships, and and that that's um, that agenda is primarily driven by LinkedIn, and and the goal there is to really just with with higher degrees of context and relevance. You can observe other people's social profiles and social interaction and social sharing. 
and then use that information to, you know, quite frankly, to your advantage to just find out more about them. And hey, if we're going, if you're going to meet meet up with someone, you want to dig it a little bit, get a little more context into their backgrounds, so you can have a place to start conversationally. So that's that's kind of the low level and where the social selling movement is today is just observing other people's profiles and participating in dialogue. And so the the notion of liking, sharing, retweeting, just giving people a little social love is is where a lot of the industry is today. My goal is to take everyone up the social selling maturity curve and not, and not only evolve beyond being an observer and a participant, and I call that level one and two, into being level three curator or level four where you really build authority in your space as a creator. And so the best way I leverage LinkedIn is first and foremost, I put forward my point of view or you know, problem-solving content and put that out there on a consistent basis. And, and there's, I, built, I built a behavioral expectation that I will deliver some piece of video, some video asset every Friday morning and just initiate a conversation. And then tagging other people because I, I have a network of people that I, we typically talk about, commonly talk about this topic. I tag other people, but the goal is to keep extending that conversation because that keeps you surfaced in the feed in, in LinkedIn for now. So for now, there's not um, LinkedIn isn't doing the degree of organic suppression that, say, Facebook has done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would, I would literally just start the easiest place to start is just to start dialoguing and commenting and sharing on other people's posts and, you know, play at that observer participant level, but then really strive to, to launch a content marketing strategy and get out there as a creator and, and take pride in, in your knowledge and expertise and know that you have the opportunity to express yourself because anyone with passion, commitment, and an iPhone can build a global audience. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> but you're so right. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. So the part that you're passionate about, the the creating the creating video, the mm-hmm. um, helping people to understand how to create that content, give me like two or maybe three tips or maybe just one really just killer tip on how does someone understand where they should get started with content marketing? Right. That's um, where to get started. And this is, I, I have a, one of my videos on the YouTube channel is 10 steps to launch a YouTube channel. So, yeah, I saw that. And, 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 and where, where to literally get started is the big question I get. What do I say? What right. who wants to hear from me? Like what, what, why would anyone want to hear from me? And, and, point is they do want to hear from you because they want to know you as a person and not see you as just this superficial, say, if we're an entrepreneur or in sales, um, you know, just this superficial agent of the company, but you as an individual. So to get started, I often recommend, look, you don't have to have original thoughts, but you certainly can curate and give proper, you know, um, sourcing to other people's thoughts. And so that role of just taking industry insights on a consistent basis and discussing industry insights. And it, it be it a state of the market, you know, macroeconomic trends, micro trends within your industry, what have you. But just starting with that, um, commenting and curating other people's content is a great way to start because that's really how you start to build your voice because you start to then express opinions around that content 
and you're commentating and and then you you kind of hit upon something that works and you see the engagement coming and the comments coming on say LinkedIn or Twitter and and that's you know an example that I have I I have this line I transform sales leaders to thought leaders in through content marketing and social selling and that line popped on Twitter and that's what I talked about at um content marketing world last year is literally how do you transform sales leaders to thought leaders and that resonated because that that's a common topic and that's a you know a lot of people think salespeople should never blog because they're they shouldn't just shouldn't do it and right. for all the reasons we mentioned before so so I found that little line that stuck and I worked with it and I and I and then it kind of led me to this broader strategic agenda of just putting forward of you know supporting everyone on their path to being a video publisher no, that's awesome. Yeah, I um actually there was a conference that I was a part of um this past week, UMSL Digital Conference. It's called the uh, Midwest Digital Marketing Conference. It's actually this is the largest one in the Midwest. Uh, I'm on that board and I was talking to a recruiter and she goes, "I am I'm terrified to put our recruiters on social." Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I I I don't understand what they're going to do. They don't really want to be on social. They think it's useless except for just finding, you know, candidates to call. Other than that, what are they going to do? How do you talk about recruiting on social media? And I'm like, well, you don't talk about recruiting on social media. You talk about all the other things that would attract the type of candidates that you want. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) So they don't have to talk about recruiting in the job. I'm like, no, no, no. You can post a job every now and then, but you really want to talk about the other things around the candidates that you're trying to attract. So maybe curating some content from programmers or other people that are active in that technology space that are talking about JavaScript and or SEO or whatever it is that you want to talk about from a technical standpoint. Have your recruiters curate that stuff. So right. that people that's, are following them and then talking about it, and that's that's how you do it. It's million dollar advice, Vernon. Seriously, that's <laughs> I got that's worth its weight in gold. Uh, that was for free. <laughs> <laughs> how funny! Well, Jeff, as we're coming up on the thirty minutes, I know that you got that you have a very busy schedule. And I do appreciate you coming on and talking to us on the podcast, especially about content marketing, because I think it's it's vitally important and it's part of the whole picture. And I think that people are are losing the the perspective on it because oh well I've got to you know I got to get SEO and I, I was listening to another podcast called Marketing on the Wire. Uh, it's with a buddy of mine from Anchor. Uh, it's a social network that's audio only. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with Anchor? Have you yeah, used it yeah. yet? I haven't used it yet, but I'm I think I'm going to check it out. Oh, it, it is such a good platform. But um, Dan's podcast, they were talking about the whole picture of how content marketing and SEO are pretty much hand in hand because everyone is searching for everything and people are concerned about ranking for keywords when those keywords aren't performing and they're not driving people back to the website anyway, but they don't now rank for this, you know, this search term. So I, I don't know. I just think it's uh it's interesting how content and SEO play into each other. Would you agree that they're pretty much one and the same? They, absolutely. And in, in our firm, we grew up as an SEO shop and literally cut our teeth in SEO, you know, 10, more than 10 years ago and had to evolve to, to embrace content marketing more broadly because, you know, the, the tactics of SEO have been largely commoditized by WordPress. 
There's still lots of technical nuance to SEO, so I wouldn't want my SEO colleagues to hear me say this. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the practice of putting out, being authentic, putting out great, helpful problem-solving information to teach when customers are learning is is um, you know the way forward. And then and then you know finding a partner that can really do the technical optimization because there still are lots of you know lots of methods to get in there and make sure that it's technically optimized to perform. Right. Well, that's awesome, man. I wanted to uh, let people know they can find you can find Jeff on Twitter at Jeff L Herman. That's with two N's, H E R M A N N, on Twitter. R-R. Two R's and two N's. Oh, yeah, that's right. Two R's and two N's. <laughs> two <true>. N's. <laughs> so it's a very unique spelling. You should be able to find it. What other places do you want people to find you online? No, thanks. I appreciate it. I, I I'm definitely I. Except many LinkedIn connections. So uh, um, Jeff Leo Herman is is uh, my you know how I I'm found on social and LinkedIn is is really a great place to connect. And also the website where I host my podcast is publish or perish dot fm as in Frank Mary. Cool. Jeff's also going to be speaking at DOYO that's coming up in August. Uh, that's a digital marketing and interactive design conference. It's in Youngston, Ohio. So if you're anywhere in the Midwest, it's a quick drive to Ohio, or if you're in the Ohio or actually anywhere in the country, it's Ohio's a pretty central location and pretty quick to get to. This is probably going to be one of the conferences that you want to attend. I looked at the speaker list, and besides Jeff being there, there's some really great names that are going to be there. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a content-packed conference that you don't want to miss. And, of course, you're speaking again at Content Marketing World this coming up year. I'm probably going to make it this year. So I'm nice. looking forward to uh, meeting you in real life and great. checking out some of the some of this stuff that's going on. That's an awesome conference to be speaking at. And uh, definitely one of the things on my uh, to-do list to get invited to speak at that one year. Yeah, that's it's a phenomenal conference. They really the CMI does a great job of putting on Content Marketing World every year. Learn so much every year. Well, cool. Well, guys, definitely check out Jeff's uh, YouTube channel and his LinkedIn. You can find everything out on LinkedIn, out on his website. I'm going to have all of that stuff in the show notes. So, Jeff, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Vernon, it was a blast. I really enjoyed talking to you today. Thank, and thank you for that million-dollar advice. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Definitely appreciate it, man. All right. Hey, have a great one. All right. All right. You too. Thank you. Sure. Hey, guys. That was a great interview with Jeff. I really did enjoy that. Lots of information about content marketing, what you really should be doing with content marketing. And, I mean, just so much valuable information. If you don't remember anything from this interview – Remember this, anyone with passion, commitment, and an iPhone can build a global audience. And that was a quote from Jeff that anyone with, a, with an iPhone, with a microphone, with a camera, you can build a global following. I've done it, and I know that it's possible with consistency. So if you are wondering, how do I ever win in this content game, start creating content, it really doesn't matter when you start how good you think it is. The fact that If you put any thought, any effort into it, and you're actually providing information that people can use that's valuable, if you do that consistently enough, you're not going to have to worry about it being good enough. Trust me, it will be. If you put effort into it, it's going to be good enough. People are going to get value out of it, and you can grow your audience through content marketing. This is just a really good conversation. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot about Jeff and what he does and 
you know, all of his past experience as a Nielsen guy helps him drive really good content online. And he's making awesome use of video on his YouTube channel. So definitely check him out. All of his links are going to be in the show notes. Definitely check out the Publish or Perish podcast. Loved it. Um, listening to it now, it's now on my uh, over Overwatch, I think, over, Overcast. Overwatch is a video game. Overcast um, podcast app is the one that I'm currently using, although I jump back and forth between that, the Spreaker app, and the Podbean app. So as we wrap it up, I wanted to tell you guys about a couple things. New friends to the podcast, Uber. That's right, Uber, the ride-sharing service, is a new friend of the podcast, Yes, of course, I am an affiliate. The FTC requires me to say that. So if you do click on the link, there is a chance that I might get two or three cents for you clicking on that link. <laughs> I'll make some money on it. But um, as you guys know, I'm an, I'm an Uber driver. I do drive for Uber occasionally when I have some free time. There's going to be a YouTube link in the show notes that is actually going to point to my YouTube video explaining why I'm an Uber driver and why I think you need to consider driving for Uber. If you're a hustler, or if you are an entrepreneur, which makes you a hustler <laughs> out there doing stuff, trying to make money and trying to create and establish another stream of income, you definitely want to check out Uber. Also, I'm giving away some free rides on Uber. Uh, $20 worth of rides on Uber with the code that's going to be in the show notes. So definitely check out the promo code because it is going to save you money. It is 20 N E W new rider or new ride Uber 20 new ride Uber, all one word. It's going to be in the show notes. You'll see it out there. It's also on the friends of the podcast link. So if you just go out to the website, Vernon at VernonRoss.com or VernonRoss.com forward slash friends, you'll find it right there along with everyone else uh, like Telstream with ScreenFlow. Guys, you got to get the new screen flow. You can make your own GIFs. There's some advanced audio editing, multi-track editing in screen flow. I am loving it. You guys, I use this all the time. I use screen flow probably once every other day. Uh, and sometimes daily, I use screen flow to make little videos for clients or for people. So, oh, by the way, if you need an Instagram video, I do that stuff all day, every day for like 20, 30 bucks. It's, they're quick and easy to do. I use between ScreenFlow and Powtoon. Those are like my go-to video production things for quick videos, quick low-cost videos for people, for Instagram, for stuff like that. So definitely check out that program. ScreenFlow on the Friends site, vernonross.com forward slash friends. All of the, the products that I use personally are the only ones that I actually recommend on that page. So I'm not an affiliate of things just because they pay. I'm an affiliate of things because I like them, I use them, and they're valuable to me, my business, and anyone that I work with. So I'm going to go ahead and get out of here, guys. Today happens to be the day um, on a somber note, and sort of somber note, that um, Muhammad Ali passed away. So go out, look up his quotes, because there are some quotes from Muhammad Ali that really are valid at any point in time. So go out there. I'm not going to throw any of his quotes here in the wrap up, but just, just Google them or go search on Twitter. There's some stuff out there that will definitely make you reflect. And I just remember watching them when I was growing up and such a positive influence on me and everyone around me. Everybody wanted to be just like him. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here and I will see you 
in the next episode. Come here. Tell him, what are we going to do? You're going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Ah, rumble, young man, rumble. Ah.